I want to welcome all of you to Free Chapel today. We're so thankful that you're celebrating this Freedom Weekend with us. And we have a very, very special guest speaker that's going to bless your life. His name is Pastor Aaron Marshall. He and his beautiful wife, Krista, and their family, four beautiful children. They serve this ministry in our young adults and pastors of the Free Chapel College. They're amazing people and great leaders. I want to tell you about Aaron. He played college basketball at St. Lawrence University and all, he was an All-American. He coached college basketball at Colgate, at Radford, and at the University of Southern California. In 2008, Aaron was voted as one of the NABC top 20 coaches in college basketball on the rise. It's pretty amazing how Aaron was introduced to Free Chapel. He was dropping off one of his family members at a small group gathering that Free Chapel was having, one of the home small groups. And someone at that meeting invited Aaron to come to Free Chapel and he came and he never left. He started by serving at our Gwinnett campus. He was playing the drums over there actually. And you know, a man's gift makes room for him. And now he's on staff and he has been such a blessing to thousands of people in our ministry that he touches and is a profound blessing to our college. And we just love and appreciate Pastor Aaron. And I want you today to open up your ears because he's got a word from the Lord and I'm excited for his first time preaching in, in across the campuses and all over the world maybe. I'm gonna ask you to just stand to your feet on all over the building, and I want you to put your hands together and give a warm, warm welcome. You know, he'll preach better if you'll back him up and let him know how much we love him around Free Chapel, Pastor Aaron Marshall. God is so good, isn't he? And I can't help but to have the lyrics to the song, Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? I stand before you just a humble servant, and I'm a son of this house. And I really love the Lord with everything that I have because I've seen him do so many incredible things in my life and my family, watching my daughter flourish and what God is calling her to do, my wife. But I'm grateful for this house. I'm grateful for this house. I found my purpose in this house. I found my wife in this house. And I got the opportunity to serve a good, good father in this house. So I love my church. I love my God. I love my pastor. You guys can go ahead and be seated. But I just want to give honor to Pastor, Pastor Jensen and Sharice for your leadership, for your heart for kingdom, and for how much you not only love the Bible, but live the Bible. So thank you for this opportunity. It means the world to, to me and my family. Thank you for believing in us. And I'm just excited to be here this morning. Um, it's so funny, Pastor was talking about how I came to Free Chapel. Um, and during worship, I peeked over and I saw 
the guy that introduced me to Free Chapel. Dan Van, stand up real quick. He, he didn't know I was going to do this, but stand up. Little did he know I was in a space of transition. I was praying, God, what's next? I had left coaching and I was figuring out what to do. And I had a opportunity to be an assistant dean of an Ivy League school in New York. And I was wrestling with the Lord, like, what should I do? And I was dropping off a family member to a small group he was attending. And the Lord said, go in. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know these people, uh, you know. So I was obedient. I went in and the Lord spoke, don't take that job. I'm like, huh? God, you know I need a job, right? He said, don't take it. Little did I know that act of obedience to Dan Van to invite me, catapulted me to be led to move here to Georgia, where again, I found my church home, I found my wife, and I stand before you just a humble servant, a son of this house, ready just to encourage you with the word. So one more time, can we give Jesus a loud shout of praise this morning? He is good. I also give honor to Pastor Tracy, my wife, who y'all pray for her. She got food poisoning last night, um, but we declare healing over her um, in Jesus' name. But I'm just honored and grateful for Dr. Rich and Pastor Brian and everybody who has prayed for me and encouraged me. So many of you in this room who have loved on me and helped me and encouraged me and just smiled and hugged me, just know from the bottom of my heart, I love you and I appreciate you. But are you guys ready for God's word this morning? Yeah, let's go. Okay, 9 a.m., y'all little, okay, I like it, I like it. Go with me to Romans 8, all right, Romans 8, and you can follow along in your Bibles, but I'm going to read from the New Living Translation because it just, it does something to me. And I'm going to start with verse 37. As you know, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to us, and he's fired up, and he says this. He says, no, despite all these things, Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And this is where it gets even better. In verse 38, he says, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you're taking notes, the message this morning is keep convincing us. Keep convincing us. Now, I don't know about you, but as I said, when you read that passage, it gets me fired up. I think of Paul like a coach talking to his team, like, are you convinced? Are you convinced? Yes, coach. Yes, coach. He was just firing up the truth. But what I love most about what he said was he makes a bold statement, a really, really bold statement. He wasn't saying this bold statement for hype. He wasn't saying it for likes. He wasn't saying it to get some clip that he can put on his IG reel for people to be like, go, Paul. He meant it. And this is how we know that Paul meant it, because Paul had plenty of opportunities to run away from his calling. Paul had so many opportunities to run away from God and run away from the faith. And how do I know? We see this in 2 Corinthians 11. 
He could have thrown in the towel because he created this list that I call the I'm going to head out opportunities. What that means is he went through some stuff and had a list that could have caused him to be like, God, you know what? Yeah, this is fun and good, but I'm going to head out. I'm gonna go this is too much for me. But think about what he wrote in 2 Corinthians 11. He said, I received 40 lashes minus one. I like how he threw it in there, minus one. And then he goes on to say, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, I was robbed. He said, I was hungry, I was starving, I was left out, out at sea, and I was in the wilderness. Yes, this Paul, and my heart is so astonished at a man that can go through so many things that Paul went through, but yet still say, and I am convinced that nothing can separate me from the love of God. What a testimony of faith. But me, I'm very inquisitive. I, I, I like to know things, I, sometimes too much. I start thinking and thinking like, why and how? But I started asking myself these questions. I'm like, how did this man Paul, right, come to this place of being so convinced? And as I think about Paul in his life and even some of the things he said in his letters, we know he had this encounter with Jesus. We see that in Acts. But the things I think about is that we all Every single person in this room and those who are watching online and at our campuses, we all have maybe had an encounter with Jesus, right? But sadly enough, though, that encounter couldn't sustain us. We know that Paul was used to do some powerful things. He did miracle signs and wonders, but yet I still think that God has used so many great men and women who have failed and turned away from God and have left the faith. So I'm like, what was it that brought Paul to this place of saying, nothing can separate me from the love of God, that I am convinced? I feel like we find the answer in John 16, 8. And this is Jesus speaking. He's talking to the disciples, and he says this. He says, and when he is come, that is the Holy Spirit, he will reprove the world of sin of righteousness, and of judgment. See, this word reprove is an important word because the Greek interpretation of it has two critical meanings. One of those meanings is to convict. One of the functions of the Holy Spirit is to convict us, bringing us to a place of repentance, bringing us to a place where we turn our hearts and our minds and our souls to Jesus. See, Paul had this encounter where he was knocked off his high horse, that he was blinded and humbled, but the Holy Spirit came with all love to convict him, to say, that's not the way to go. Let me turn your mind and heart toward Jesus, and I'm going to have a plan and a purpose for you. But he allowed the Holy Spirit to do it, and it changed his heart. But what I think is, he took it a step further. He allowed the Holy Spirit to do something that I believe we all need to allow the Holy Spirit to keep doing. Because what he allowed the Holy Spirit to do in his mind and heart allowed him to go all in for God. It allowed him to, even going through all the things he went through, to say, Lord God, I'm not going to step away. I'm not going to separate from you. I'm going to keep going. And we find this in the second meaning of the word reprove. And that second meaning of that word, reprove, is to convince. I believe the Holy Spirit kept convincing 
Paul, that when the lashes came, he convinced them to keep going. That when the rods bruised his body, it convinced them that he was going to be healed. When the shipwrecks came, he was convinced that I am with you. You are not alone. And when the wilderness came, he said, I am coming to form you and shape you into the man that's going to do great things. The Holy Spirit convinced them. It's the same Holy Spirit that wants to convince every single person in this room and watching today that we are still in need of a Savior, that we are in need of real love, that we are in need of a deliverer, that we are in need of a provider, that we are in need of a man named Jesus, that if we will give him a chance and not allow anything to separate us from him, he will take us on a beautiful journey that is worth living, and it's a life of love, grace, and freedom. Whew. But in God's love and grace, he knows his people. He knows that sometimes in our humanity, we get spiritual amnesia. And I'm not here to throw stones because there's been so many times where life has happened to me. And that's what happens. The, the enemy throws stuff at us, and life throws us curveballs, and all this stuff is happening to us, and we get overwhelmed and foggy in our mind, and it brings us to a place of forgetting who he say he is. It brings us to a place of forgetting who we are in him. It brings us to a place of forgetting that his word is truth in life and that it doesn't change with the times. Sometimes we forget that being a believer of Jesus Christ always comes with hope in a future. Y'all, this is the foundation of our faith. God being the great I am and him sending his son Jesus to die for us, for us to walk in a new nature. That his word is the very thing that we stand on as a guide for all that we do and all that we say. And because we stand for him, there is always hope. And our future is always bright. But we have to keep the faith. We have to know that Jesus is for us. We have to know that he died for us. And we can't waver in it. We can't allow culture to come and have us shaking in our boots to where we say, you know what? We're going to conform. No, we can't waver in it because hear me this morning. Hear me this morning. If we are going to save our schools and our young people, we can't waver from the truth. If we are going to win the laws, we can't waver in the truth in our faith. If we are going to advance the kingdom of God and push back the kingdom of darkness, we can't fear, we can't waver in our trust in our living God, but we have to be convinced and stay convinced that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So Holy Spirit, my prayer this morning is keep convincing us. Keep convincing us. Because as I said, there are going to be some things that we go through. Life is going to get tough at times. Sometimes we're going to watch the news and we're going to see the bad reports and we're just going to lose hope and say, God, is this really where we are? Sometimes we're going to have culture knocking at our door, wanting us to change truth and wanting to shake our foundation and wanting us to waver. But I believe that if there's four areas we allow the Holy Spirit to convince us, we won't shake. We won't waver. We'll stand ten toes down believing that God is who he said he is, and he can do what he said he can do. If we just allow the Holy Spirit to keep convincing us. And that first area we need to allow the Holy Spirit to keep convincing us is the area of 
allowing us to know that God is who he say he is. In Romans 23, 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he might change his mind. And the question is asked, does he speak and not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I don't know about you. If he said it, he will fulfill it. I am a living, walking testimony. I am up here before you because God has said to me, I have a purpose and a plan. But the question that I have this morning is, have you ever had times in your walk with God where you came to church and you're singing the songs and you're worshiping? You are more than able. You're just singing the songs. You're worshiping. The, the preacher preaching. You're shouting them down. But deep inside, there's fears and doubts and skepticism about God. Is that anybody in this room or is it just me? But there have been times in my walk where I had fears and I had doubts and I had skepticism and I didn't believe that God can be a provider. But what I love about God is sometimes he knows that we are afraid to admit our fears and our doubts about him. But I'm here to encourage you. God is not intimidated by him. He wants them. This is why he sent his spirit to convince us. He knows that those doubts and those fears and that skepticism, if we don't give it to him, can lead us to a place of believing that God isn't who he say he is. So sometimes in his love, he will send his spirit to just touch our minds and, and our hearts in a way of being convinced that, God, I know I'm struggling to believe you will provide for my family. God, I'm, I'm struggling to believe that you can heal my family member of that disease. God, I know I'm struggling to believe that you have a purpose in the desk, but he will say, if you just give it to me, I will touch you with my spirit and my spirit will begin to convince you that I am who I say I am. I can do what I say I can do. So if you're lacking in faith this morning, I'm here to encourage you just like Moses, because even Moses had moments in his life where he was like, I never forget when he had that encounter with God, he in context questioned God. He said, God, who are you? Are you who you say you are? God, can, can you do what you say you can do? Oh, but when you get that Holy Spirit touch where it convinces you, you'll start to believe that he's the great I am. You will start to believe that he's Emmanuel, that he's with you. You'll start to believe that he's Jehovah Jireh, your provider. You'll start to believe that he's Jehovah Nisi. You'll start to believe that he's full of grace and full of mercy, and most importantly, full of love. So Holy Spirit, keep convincing us. The second thing we have to allow the Holy Spirit to keep convincing us in is of our new nature. Now, sometimes I've lost sight of 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, where Paul tells us that, therefore, if we are in Christ, that we are a new creation that all the old things have passed away, and behold, all things are new. Again, I ask the question, have you ever had moments in your faith where the enemy was just tempting you, trying to pull you back into the old mindset, pull you back into the old ways of thinking, pull you back into the old ways of talking, pull you back into the old ways of skepticism and fears and doubts, or is that just me? We have to continue to be convinced of our new nature, that we have a new mind and a new heart, that we don't have to walk around with hearts of stone, but we can walk with a heart of flesh and allow the Holy Spirit to soften our spirits to the things of God. We have to stay diligent 
and pay attention because the enemy is good at keeping us holding on to our, part, or to our past. The enemy is good at keeping us holding on to old ways and old things. I'll never forget this story real quick. Ten years ago, God was doing something new in my life. And I was just like, yeah, I'm on fire. But the enemy kept throwing darts to try to bring me back. But he had a new strategy this day. It was one Saturday morning. I was at Panera. And I'm just minding my business, ordering some food. I order my food and I turn around and it's a lady, an older lady, standing there holding her purse looking at me. And I walk by her like, man, what did I do to you? And all of a sudden, the enemy started whispering these lies because I had these army fatigue pants on, this hip-hop shirt, and I had a ball cap. So here I am, again, trying to walk in my new nature, but now the enemy's trying to pull me back into the old ways. And I start thinking, like, who this lady thinks she is? This is an old lady, y'all. The, the enemy is about to have me pop off on granny. I'm just like... So I'm just like, man, she probably racist. You probably think I'm going to rob her. And, and y'all laughing, but these are the things the enemy wants to do because he wants us to be divisive. He wants us to fight each other. He wants us to be mad and angry and be petty. But in that moment, the Holy Spirit said, your new nature, son. So I went to get my food, having an attitude with the Holy Spirit because I want to be mad. So I turn to get my food, and she looks at me, and I look at her, and she said, Honey, if I was 20 years younger, I would eat you up. <laughs> but let me tell you what the Lord did. The Holy Spirit convinced me to have lunch with her, and I prayed for her, and I got her saved because, listen to me, listen to me. She had just had surgery to remove a tumor. And she was losing the passion for life. She felt like she wasn't going to survive anymore. She felt like life was over for her. But God used my convinced new nature to go and minister to her, to go bring a smile to her face, to go tell her about Jesus, to go tell her that there's a hope in the future. And as long as you got breath in your lungs, there is still life that is in you. We need to be convinced that we are not the old man, we are not the old woman. We don't have to go back to drugs. We don't have to go back to alcohol. We don't have to go back to the old ways of dealing with people. But God can use that new nature to do something beautiful, to bring your family to a relationship with him, to bring that coworker to a relationship with him, to bring that neighbor that keeps allowing their animal to poop on your lawn to a relationship with him. But just so y'all don't think I'm making a story up, go ahead and throw that picture up. This is 84-year-old Miss Mabbitt. Oh, she got Jesus that day, y'all. She may have been flirting with me, but what she didn't know was she was flirting with the Holy Spirit. Oh, my God. But we have to let the Holy Spirit convince us. We cannot allow the enemy to pull us back into old things. Y'all, we cannot allow the church to stay divided. We can't allow our families to be destroyed. We can't allow the enemy to keep lying to us and bringing these divides. We have to be convinced that we are co-laborers. We have to be convinced that we are the workmanship of Christ created to do good works for his kingdom and his good. But are you willing to be convinced this morning? 
or God will bring you to a place to have a conversation with somebody that's outside of what you're comfortable with to help just them know who Jesus is. And the last thing I'll say on that, it was interesting because she told me, she was telling me how she was growing up and how she grew up in the 60s where racism was super, super high. And she said, pray for my son. He's having a hard time dealing with other races and other people. And I just began to pray for him. But why did six, seven months later, the son invited me to his house to celebrate his mom's 85th birthday? I'm trying to tell you, God will use your new nature, baby, to do something powerful, to do something good, to do something glorious, not just for you, but for the good of him who love him. Holy Spirit, keep convincing us. The third thing we need to be convinced of continuously is we need to be convinced that his word is true. And again, I pose the question, am I the only one at times in my walk who struggled with the Bible, who would ask questions, does he really mean that? Does it really say that? Can we really not do that? And one thing I have learned is that let me make sure I make this clear. The interpretation of God's word is not on God. Hear me. He said what he said. The interpretation of God's word is on our own spiritual condition, because the one thing you have to understand is dull ears and dull hearts cannot receive deep truths. Dull ears and dull hearts cannot receive God's deep truth. So even the disciples, y'all, struggle in this area. And it was times where they couldn't understand or they couldn't comprehend what Jesus was saying. And they had to consistently be convinced because they were like, Jesus, I know you gave this parable, but what does it mean? God, I know you're saying your kingdom's going to come, but what kingdom? Like, we've been waiting for you to come with the horsemen and the chariot. Like, like we get hungry. We want to be in the palace. Like, we trying to hang out. But they weren't understanding. But I love the Bible. In John 16, 12, after he told the disciples that the Holy Spirit will come to convince them, he says this, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. If we don't allow the Holy Spirit to continue to convince us of his word, that his word is truth, we can find ourselves in a place of not understanding his word, and we will begin to allow things to influence us that appease our flesh but doesn't feed our spirits, causing us to be desensitized to his word and begin to pick and choose what is right based on what makes us or others feel comfortable. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to continue to convince us that his word is truth and life, that though it may offend people, it is still one of the greatest books about love. No, you can clap on that because what people want to convince us of is like, oh, that, that scripture is too harsh. Oh, the Bible is just not loving. The devil is a liar. That is the greatest book on love because it's a book that shows that God gave his son to die for you, to die for me, to die for everybody. And all we have to do is be convinced to choose him over our own desires and wants. But we have to be convinced that what he said in his word will not come back void, that it doesn't change with the times, 
that culture should never change scripture, but scripture should shape and change culture. That the Bible should shape and change communities. That the Bible and scripture should change and shape governments. And most importantly, that the Bible, God's word, should shape and change minds and hearts. See, the world says seeing is believing, but God says believing is seeing. Remember what he said to Martha, Martha in John 11:40. He said, "Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see?" In spiritual matters, faith precedes understanding, but understanding comes when we are convinced that there is no other way, that there is no other truth, that if I just trust Jesus, he will illuminate his word in my heart. Holy Spirit, keep convincing us. Keep convincing us. And then the last and final point, number four, we need the Holy Spirit to continue to convince us that we have hope in the future. When I think of this one, I think of Abraham. Abraham saw a lot. Abraham encountered a lot, and he witnessed a lot. He had setbacks, disappointments. He saw generational curses. He saw trauma. He saw crazy environments. He saw people getting labeled, but it was easy for him to believe the lie that there wasn't any hope and there wasn't a future for him and his wife. But I love the Bible, and in Romans 4, verse 20, Paul wrote this about Abraham. He said, he, Abraham, did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he, God, had promised he was also able to perform. See, the impossibility that the promise would ever be fulfilled did not stagger him. God said it. Abraham believed it, and it settled it. Abraham knew that there was no risk in believing God, just blessed assurance. Do you know there's no risk in believing who God say he is? The only thing that can happen to us is we're going to make it to heaven and be joyfully happy living with the angels. Sign me up for that. That's a risk I'm willing to take, but I'm not willing to risk it by allowing the world to tell me what's true. I'm not willing to risk it by allowing my flesh to tell me what's right, but I'm willing to settle in my heart. Holy Spirit, convince me. Convince me that I have a hope and that I have a future. I'm here to tell you this morning, Free Chapel family, let the Holy Spirit convince you. If God said it, he will do it. Don't let delay discourage you. Don't let the past discount you. Don't let people's opinions of you sway you, but know he's got some hope stored up for you. And just know that he's got a future ready for you to live out. He wants to use you. He has purpose attached to you. He wants to bless you, and he wants your children to walk in those blessings as well. So why don't you get it in your heart and your spirit? Holy Spirit, keep convincing us, because so many of us don't have hope for the future.
because we stop being convinced that anything good can come from us. But I'm here again to remind you, Jesus loves you. Jesus is for you. The Holy Spirit wants to keep reproving you. The Holy Spirit wants to keep convicting you. The Holy Spirit wants to keep convincing you, bringing you to this place where you say with boldness and faith that I am convinced nothing can separate me from the love of God. Not this world, not this government, not this culture, not trials, not even success. I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. I'm going to worship you until you take me home, and I'm going to walk in submission, obedience to your will, because I am convinced. I really want to say thank you for joining us this week. If you haven't already, make sure you click on the subscription button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people when you comment, when you give us your feedback. For more messages and inspirational materials, download the Jensen Franklin app, or you can head over to jensenfranklin.org. I want to thank all of you who give generously to help us produce weekly content like this to reach the world with the message of Jesus. God bless you, and we'll see you next time.